And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So we can drink this wine, okay? It is corked. It's no longer good. It's no longer with us, okay? <sighs> Wet cardboard on the nose and vinegar. Eh, vinegar in my brain. And now I'm at this girl's apartment. She is not appealing. She is annoying. She's talking, talking, talking. I want to say to her, you've lied to me about your age. You've lied to me about your home. And now you're lying to me about your interests. I don't care for that. I don't want to hear another word about the Starbucks secret menu. Then she tell me she want to have a baby. Oh, jeez, Louise, I meant to leave the building. So that's what I'm getting from this wine. And you can't blame me for anything I just said because I'm simply responding to what I get. Okay, in the glass. It's all in the glass. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, April 18th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me here in the yard, thanks to the power of technology, we got Tass Mellis. Happy playoffs, gents. What's up, Tassie? We got a Tash Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey The international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. And pushing the buttons in the background, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid. Hit that little thumbs up. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Share the show and drop your comments here in the stream team. I know the first question a lot of people are going to have, JD, so let's just address it right now. Why are we not in the Classic Factory with you? What's going on? All right. Yeah, you are not in the Classic Factory because it's COVID Central over here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We all got it. We all got it. Rachel tested positive on Friday. I was fine. The boys are fine. Then Saturday morning. All hell broke loose. Oh, boy. We are are sticking swabs up our nose left and right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we all got it. What can you do, you know? Uh, <laughs> you just got to follow the guidelines, guys. I don't know what, yeah. I mean, it's we're How fine. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? Yeah, that, you you feeling? seem fine. Honestly, it's, uh, you know, I mean, COVID is a scourge, uh, but I'm triple vaxxed. And we're like, I've never had a sickness like this where, like, there's no fever at all. Like, it's mm. just, uh, I it's the, it's, it's, it's actually kind of nice in that I, I don't have the delirium of a fever, right? So I just I feel a little run down, and that's about it, and some congestion. But I'm able to watch all my stories and, you know, and stay <laughs> awake. And, and uh, I actually watched a little bit of every single basketball game this weekend. Wow. Guys, which is you are odd. sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, there you go. That's <laughs> my answer. You must what, what have you, a fever. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you rocking there, J.D.? You got an Omicron, a Delta, the BA2 variant? What do you, what do you know? What Your you guess know? is as good as mine, Lee. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, we were sort of tracing, back tracing our steps, and I think that the it's a Canadian 
uh, it's a Canadian variant because, oh, as you know, Homer, <laughs> yes. as you know, I was in Mexico last week. A friend of yeah. ours came down. He got COVID immediately. Like he he was down with COVID. Then my friend Derek, he got he got sick and he, he didn't get tested, but I'm pretty sure he had COVID. Right. And then Rachel got COVID. So I think it went all the way from Canada to Mexico and then back with us. <laughs> so okay. well, as I long as everybody's not. <laughs> Feeling too ill. So, what's the CDC guidelines say? When are we back in the classic factory? I Later mean, this I think week, thir- the Thursday, week? according to the test, according to uh, Jackson's able to go back to school on Friday, and he tested after I did, like a day after okay, I okay. did. So, all right. Well, we'll so see. F- the Thursday or Friday, depending. I mean, you know, it's up to you guys. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> we could just open the door, right? Oh, the garage doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Open I mean, air factory. Okay. An outdoor well, show. Why not? As long as everybody's feeling okay, uh, yeah, we'll we'll play it extra safe, and that, and that's sure. why we're here in the yard, uh, talking about the uh, opening weekend of the NBA playoffs. Send in your questions though, either about COVID or about basketball, whatever you want, to <laughs> no dunks at theathletic.com. Send them in all week long, and uh, in case you missed it, we started a new YouTube series over the weekend called the Weekend Shift, where we were trying out, you know. 20 to 30 minute reaction videos that we're posting just to YouTube. They're not podcast people, so they're just on YouTube. I think we did five in total, uh, including one immediately following the crazy Celtics-Nets game, which of course we're going to get into here on Monday's podcast. But go check that out. I think people were having fun with those. Trey did one after the uh, the Bulls-Bucks game, which got very entertaining. You know, Chicago making a game of it. So those are living on YouTube, only on YouTube. Check them out and uh, subscribe to No Dunks, and maybe we'll keep doing them throughout the week or at least, again, on the weekends. Lots of fun, and thanks to everybody that uh, chimed in and joined the stream team during those shows. They were a blast. But, okay, we have eight series, eight games to sort of discuss. We'll try our best to get to them all, but I got some questions that will maybe have us bouncing around. Man, Trey, you are having cat problems here uh, on a Monday. (laughs) You got cat vid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, Wilbur... Wilbur wants some loving right now. I was telling y'all before the show, I saw this man absolutely eviscerate a chipmunk over the weekend, and I haven't been able to look at him the same ever since. And I think he (laughs) He he can tell. Yeah, Yeah, he can definitely tell. He's like, I need to be all up in you right now. But here's the thing. With Wilbur, if I touch him once, I have to be petting him for the next hour and a half. So I'm kind of trying to, like, you know, stay fingers away, move him away from the mic when I can literally hear him purring. (laughs) Uh, But we shall see. Because if I I shut him out of the room, you're just going to hear him meowing, trying to get in here for some sweet love. So, just Dr. damned Evil if you do, damned if you don't. Doctor Evil it for the show, and just have him there, just stroke him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, lots going on here. So, oh yeah, so bouncing around, we're gonna we're gonna tackle this task like sort of a conference at a time. I think that's the best way. So we'll focus on the Eastern Conference game ones, and then later in the show after a break, we'll uh, you know turn our attention to the Western Conference game ones. So the question. Then I'm going to start this off with Eastern Conference playoffs only. Okay, Lily? And this is for you guys, of course, and for everybody in the stream team and listening and watching later. Who's your Game 1 MVP from the East, Lee? Where do you start? 
I'm going with Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. I think obviously the biggest game, the most important game and uh, the most fun ending there. And Jason Tatum, I mean, if we work backwards a little bit, of course, he hit the game-winning twisting, turning layup in the lane there where Kevin Durant kind of fell asleep a little bit, allowed Tatum to go inside. It looked like initially, I said this on the show last night with you, Skeets, I thought thought he didn't get it off in time, but he did. Celtics. Well, maybe that's because Mike Breen wasn't uh, quite sure either. Well, that's That's right. Because it was such a chaotic end. I mean, it seemed like they made too many passes. You know, Marcus Smart felt like he was going to jack it up. He didn't. He makes the right pass in the end. But prior to that, just some incredible Boston Celtics defense on the Brooklyn Nets there to force Kevin Durant into a tough shot. And it was Jason Tatum who really was the last defender there on Durant. Now, we've seen him hit that shot, but still, Tatum was there. And I thought this was really uh, what Jason Tatum did for the Celtics a lot yesterday. I thought he was fantastic offensively, scoring the ball, distributing the ball, especially in that first half. But also defensively, you know, if you look at the box score, he picks up one steal where he just ripped it out of Bruce Brown's hands. He got two blocks. One of them was on uh, Kyrie Irving and one of them was on Kevin Durant. That's not something a lot of people have to talk about after a game. But I thought just uh, offensively as well, like it wasn't like he had to go out and score 50 points. He was such a factor though in getting to the free throw line, taking good shots, knocking down threes. And as I mentioned, he also had the eight assists to go along with the 31 points. And just a huge victory here for the Boston Celtics because it looked like it was going to be something of a comfortable win there. They're up by 15 points. And then Kyrie Irving in that fourth quarter was just unstoppable. And, And Jason Tatum, in fact was defending him on a couple of those plays there where Kyrie just got kind of got past him or hit some, uh, you know, the tough mid-ranger there. So he was brilliant. But ultimately, I think because for the Boston Celtics, I, th- I thought Al Horford was probably their second best player. Maybe Marcus Smart, who was really good. Jalen Brown didn't have a great game. Derek White, I didn't think, and their entire bench didn't give them a whole lot. But Tatum, I mean, he's likely to be an all-NBA first-team player, and you saw it because he's a two-way player. I mean, he mm-hmm. really is defensively taking the assignments on and then on the offensive end just doing everything for his team. So I thought, you know, and again, I mentioned this last, I think the Celtics in the end escaped with a victory because I thought they kind of blew it there. They gave up, they, they were down by five in that fourth quarter, and ultimately they get away with it. Jalen Brown did have a nice play to get it back to within uh, one point on that second last offensive possession where he sort of bulldozed Bruce Brown over a little bit, but oh, it would have been put a his ass. In the basket, yeah, man. But if they have called that an offensive foul, that would have been. Uh, oh, it wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't. No. But you sometimes see those ones called. Anyway, uh, I just think Tatum really did step up. He's been already in his young career a very, very good playoff performer. Yeah. And in the key moments there last night, I thought he was brilliant for Boston. Yeah, Tass, what'd you think of uh, Celtics Nets game one and the ending and, and Tatum and how he played and just, you know, Kyrie dropping middle fingers to the crowd, the whole thing. It was it was uh it was Shakespearean, they were saying on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went like everyone expected, right? The better team leading after three quarters, the team that does it by committee, and then the two dudes that take over going on a run to start the fourth. It was a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter for the Celtics, then a seventeen two run for the Nets. To take the lead and then, yeah, the better team taking their time on that last possession. They'd only scored 17 points in that fourth quarter and then using every stinking second of the clock and not relying on one guy. I was so shocked to see Jalen Brown go down there with the ball at eight, seven, six, five, and just being totally, totally calm and throwing it over to Marcus Smart, who caught it with three and a half seconds left. And I'm sure everybody, including Kevin Durant, and I'm showing you a photo here in the stream team, Durant's looking up at the clock as soon as Smart catches the ball. 3.3 seconds left on the clock. <laughs> then Marcus Smart drives in. He Obviously, Durant not looking at Tatum whatsoever. Tatum making that backdoor cut. Everybody in the world 
expect a Marcus Smart to shoot that. Claxton flew by him. Pump, drive in, and yeah, the better team winning at the 47 minute and 59 second mark, just outdueling the Stars. And yeah, you could give it to Tatum as the MVP, but Marcus Smart leading that defense that threw Kevin Durant off. Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the world, but he had six turnovers in this game and he had 23, just 23 points, which is yeah, not a lot for him uh, because Marcus Smart and that Celtics defense just threw him off. How do you get into uh, the best scorer's head in the world. I think you just make him think over and over again. So when he turned after catching balls, you know, in the high post like he always did, he saw three defenders. And sometimes they'd go at him and they'd come back. They'd go at him and come back. So they just made him think. And then Marcus Smart taking a huge charge on Kevin Durant with 315 left. Again, sort of getting in his head. And, uh, yeah, then obviously making the pass of the game there towards the end. But, uh, yeah, phenomenal Team versus superstars. It was just like everybody wanted it. Uh, the Celtics fans got exactly what they wanted. <laughs> if you just watching this, uh, I, I watched it uh, live in a California pizza kitchen. Watching it with some guy. Uh, yeah, watching it with some guy. It's time I had to get uh, the game on a TV that was near my booth, and some guy in my ear saying, "Oh, the Hawks got screwed on their schedule. They had to play." They had to play a day game after just one day off. They just got to get Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, and they'll be all right. And I was telling him to shut up while watching this ending. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it was just. It, yeah, but he was just talking hot, blah blah blah. But going back and watching this after the fact, knowing that uh, you know Kyrie was giving everybody the uh, the the crying, uh, you know, the double fist crying while like he was on, he was inbounding a basketball. And he told everybody to shut up. He gave him the cry. And then he got the ball. And then he scored. And he gave him the cry as he went back down. Even pregame, he was uh, knocking the camera out of the huddle. I mean, he was so pissed. Yep. Postgame in the hallway, somebody told him, you suck. And then Kyrie said, quote, suck my duck. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it was like start to finish. If that's Shakespearean, I don't know. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think Shakespeare would say such oh, a word. Oh, yes. Hamlet. However, in Hamlet, he tells somebody to suck his dick, I remember. I suck his in- dickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, amazing game. I mean, obviously the game of the week. Oh, I know. It would have been the greatest revenge game ever if they pull out the victory, uh, Trey. But, yeah, even Tatum, I think, said with the Marcus Smart, where everybody thinks he's shooting that three, uh, including two Nets players that actually like bite on the on the pump fake, if you want to call it that, because they think he's shooting it. And Tatum said he was just crashing the boards because he's like, well, that's going up. Maybe I'll get an offensive rebound. But then, yeah, what a play from Smart. What a catch from Tatum. What a spin. What a finish. Um, yeah, your thoughts, Trey, on, on just... Uh, it's amazing that the series that everybody had circled, like, this is the one. This is the one that you have to watch this weekend. If you were only going to pick one, uh, it lived up to the hype, at least from through one game. A hundred percent it did. That's why I got the ABC slot on a Sunday yep. afternoon. That was major. So, yeah, I don't know if you give the MVP to Jason Tatum or if you give it to Marcus Smart. So give it to both of them. It's a co-MVP for their game one performance just on that last play. It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, I like what Marcus Smart said after the game. I've always been told that you have more time than you think. And he yeah. definitely did. I mean, that's why you saw uh, two close out to him as he pump faked on the three-pointer because everybody thinks, okay, that's got to be the last second shot. But he did the poise uh, and the wherewithal to just hang on to it for a second. You know, the pump fake was nice. He could have easily just, like, kept going, you know, and probably drawn a foul on that play if he wanted. But smart, 
to step through and then to find Jason Tatum for the quick, quick spin. I don't know if y'all saw the sideline angle. Yeah. Or the sideline angle. It's crazy to see how fast Tatum is spinning. But that's exactly why coaches like to not call a timeout, right? Because they say you can get a good shot before the defense gets set. And you can definitely tell that that was the case with the Nets. When you watch Kevin Durant, he just doesn't know who to pick up. There's people running left and right. It's a scrambling kind of play. You think maybe Jalen Brown is going to take the shot. He doesn't. You think Smart's going to take the shot. He doesn't. Eventually, it ends up being Tatum, and Kevin Durant's just kind of left guarding nobody. And that's because the Celtics didn't set up, didn't give him a chance to get uh, the matchups that they were looking for. So great stuff from Udoka to let the players just play. Great play by Smart to find Tatum. And then the incredible poise to spin that quickly, get it to the rim. First buzzer-beating game winner at home in Celtics history? Yeah. How's that possible? Like, they've been playing in the playoffs <laughs> since they invented the playoffs. Uh, but that was really cool to see. What a game. Oh, my God. Okay, here's two questions for you, Tass. When does the league come out with the fine for Kyrie Irving? Because they don't play till Wednesday. So do they uh, let everybody breathe here a day and wait till tomorrow or, hell, even game day? And how much is it? What's he, uh, what's he getting dinged for for all the middle fingers that he was throwing to the Celtics crowd? What, what do you think? Well, enough time for everybody to compile the yeah, the four moments. I, I, yeah, I think there's a middle finger, even the pushing away of the camera. There's the wah-wah. There's the suck my D. So... There's a video compilation and it's probably 100K and every time you, know, you see Kyrie do something, it's another ding, 25K, ding, 25K gets up to 100K. 100K, wow. He does, Is that he even does, legal? I didn't... I'm, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's against the law. I think there's a max yeah, or something. Fifty k maybe. It was basically down to whether or not the NBA decides they just lump them all in as one. Like, okay, fifty k is the max we can find you. That's for yeah. everything. That that's all encompassing. All you can eat, really. So get your money's worth for fifty grand. Or if they say you did this, that's twenty five grand. You did this, that's another twenty five. You did this, that's another twenty five, and, and whatever. <laughs> sure, because sure. he was also, you know, Patrick Beverly got fined, I think, thirty grand for profanity in his press conference, and Kyrie was dropping f bombs and other pretty bad words himself there when he was asked by Nick Friedle about what he was, uh, what he was hearing and what he was saying. So, I think he's going to get multiple fines here um, because you, you know, I, and and look, he's got a point. I, I will say this: Kyrie has got a point where he's saying these guys can say whatever they want, and there's no no sanctions against the players uh, against the fans excuse fans. me and we're supposed to just like cop it all and, and act docile and you know and, and he's got a point like he's, he's basically saying they can say fuck you Kyrie but I can't say fuck you exactly. back to them and, and, and that's, that's, that's the thing and and that that's where again the, the security within the arena if people are stepping in the line and I don't know if they are I'm not saying they are but if they are then they need to be thrown out as well because they can't just unload on him and expect him to not react at all because it's human nature if someone's just getting in your face the whole time you're gonna react whether you're on a basketball court. Yeah, but, but hold on, Lee. What, when 10,000 people are chanting F you, I know, I know. And that's where it's hard. That's, yeah. that's where it's difficult to point out yeah. one guy and said, hey, he said, fuck you. And this guy said, you <laughs> suck. You know, so does that get you thrown out for saying you suck? Of course not. You know, and, and yeah. um, you know. So you're it, below average. Yeah. I don't like you. Yeah. I think the, the referees, you know how they, they put out videos of saying, oh, Trey Young is flopping on this play. That's uh, that's an offensive foul. They should put out a video of all the things Kyrie said and why he was fined. That would be great. That would be a really enjoyable watch on Twitter. But anyway, uh, he's getting obviously he's getting a, a healthy old fine there. I think it's uh, probably yeah. going to be the fifty grand, and uh, you know that's probably about right. You know, because uh, the only one weird part was Kyrie saying, "You know, I want to look him in the eye and see if they're about it," and they said no. 
yet he was looking out the other way while giving them the old <laughs> finger from <laughs> the double birds behind the, the head. Two, the yeah. two hand yeah. reverse fingers yeah. Yeah. is awesome. He should get who... he should if he's fined seventy five thousand dollars, he should get twenty five back for the double fingers behind the head because that one was actually cool. I thought I thought that was a hilarious, <laughs> a hilarious way to talk trash to fans like you're eleven years old or something. <laughs> so yeah, we'll wait to see uh, what the league decides on the. Uh, the, the total cost it's going to afford or cost excuse me Kyrie for the uh, all of the stuff he was doing in that game but man he was he almost won them the game which is the the miraculous part there that takeover in the fourth and uh, even like you guys were saying that the, the Durant three I think it was you Lee you know where Tatum was up on him made a tough deep three and he misses but that like that was off of the Kyrie dribbling 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 mm. and just couldn't get anywhere like right. they were shutting right. down he had a he kind of had a shot when he went to yeah, his left like he I, shook Marcus Smart yeah a little bit he, he had a he had it, but I guess I, I don't know. I guess he was setting up KD because he, he or maybe he was burning as much clock as possible, uh, which true. is quite often a mistake. But yeah, he had it a little earlier in the shot. He had space, and he would have hit that. But uh, also, Crawford I thought did really good extra yeah. help there. He Helped. came over yeah. the old man, moving his legs and, and making tough for Kyrie, and then it did go out to uh, to Tatum. But just one more thing on Tatum to Katie, Durant yeah. directly. He only hit one shot directly. Now Schumann, I know Schumann's often in the stream team. In NBA stats this morning, the box score says it hit two. He didn't. It was only one. So go and correct that, Shooms, because uh, Tatum was was incredible. And the only one he got was a nice screen off Nick Claxton that, let, that freed up Durant for that little mid-ranger. So uh, Tatum was brilliant. Okay. Uh, Tass, any other MVPs in the East um, that, you know, deserve some uh, recognition here? No, I think I think we could fly to the next question. Okay. We got so much to get to. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I put together like a quick list, and I'm sure we're going to touch on these players in the series. But like I had Tatum on the list. I actually had Kyrie on the list for what he uh, nearly pulled off. Tyrese Maxey, Duncan Robinson, and Brooke Lopez. I thought was pretty big in the uh, the Bucks victory there against the Bulls. But yeah, let's go to the next question. Eastern Conference playoffs only. Most disappointing performance. So, you know, Tass. This can be team or it can be individual, wherever you want to go. What do you think? Well, it's the Toronto Raptors. Unfortunately, as a team, they came in. A lot of expectations. A lot of people picking the Raps as the underdog against the Sixers. A lot of people saying during the regular season, myself included, this is not the kind of team you want to play in the postseason. And they just weren't anywhere close to that team. They were just a step slow defensively. Super slow. They just didn't look like a team that went out and got after it, really. The first sixer, sixer score, you can see Tyrese Maxey coming around the screen up top at the three-point line. Three-point line, way up top. And he is able to just mosey on into the lane, get both feet in the paint. I think he was surprised how open he was, and he hit a floater. Uh, and then he got a steal close to his own three-point line and beat two Raptors down the floor. I know he's fast, but uh, the fact that two guys... And Siakam and Gary Trent kind of let him go past him. And then his next shot was an off-balance three. So he, he saw two balls go in. And then that third shot, even if it wasn't a, a great shot, it went in because he had a good flow going. Uh, and, and it just shows you in the postseason, every possession freaking matters. It, it really does because the, the Sixers got so confident. Uh, even you saw like Fred Van Vliet touching uh, uh, the back of, I think it was Maxi on that first possession and getting a foul. And then all of a sudden, Fred Van Vliet isn't aggressive. Uh, the, the fact is this Raptors team looked in the, in the regular season like no one would just go through them defensively. They're always scrambling. They're always moving. But the Sixers outran them. They had 29 
fast break points on only eight turnovers. So eight turnovers and fast break points at 29. That just means they were outrunning them after grabbing a defensive board. It was ridiculous in terms of the, the Raps defense. And I, you know, part of it, I'm sure it was watching Embiid and Harden and, 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 maybe being a little too focused on those dudes. So Maxi went off with 38 points and Tobias Harris went off with 26 points. But uh, I, I just think they have to be scrambling more. They just started badly in this game. And yeah, this could be a, a start of yeah, just a downward trajectory. It's going to be a slippery slope with all the injuries that they sustained in game one. So it's, it's an unfortunate start. And that's why I know in the regular season, first quarter, doesn't really matter. But in the playoffs, it does uh, because everybody starts to get going. Uh, Tyrese Maxey can't score 38 points. He just can't. And I know people will say, oh, Embiid, they did a good job on Embiid and Harden, 5 of 15, 6 of 17. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but they were just slow getting out to everybody else. They just, they just weren't in it. You know, it was, it was just a game where they just weren't ready to play. Most of them anyways. Yeah. Scotty Barnes, awesome. The rest of them. Not amazing. And, yeah, they're going to be probably missing some guys tonight here for Game 2. They got the uh, Saturday and then Monday schedule here for one and two of their series. Scotty Barnes, doubtful because of the sprained ankle. Gary Trent Jr., doubtful because of some illness that he has. And uh, Thaddeus Young, doubtful because of uh, his uh, thumb uh, hyperextension there in his left hand when he sort of went down there. So, yeah, uh, they got their asses handed to them and may not have the best player in that game that they had. Like you said, Scotty Barnes, I agree with you there, Tass. And then some other key pieces there being one starter, Gary Trent Jr., who couldn't hit a three, couldn't hit a shot, two for 11 overall, but they needed shooting. Try anything to add to to that series or anyone else that was disappointing for you in the East? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was disappointing. I think the Raptors have to be the most disappointing in the Eastern Conference for the first weekend. The Hawks, you know, they got smashed, but it was kind of a schedule loss, and eh, honestly, that's the way it should be. If you win your way into the play-in tournament, you should have to play a really, really hard first-round game against the one seed. That kind of makes it even for the one seed not finding out their team until, yeah. you know, Friday night, but... Seeing the Raptors get out raptored by the Sixers was pretty surprising to me. Only three turnovers for Philadelphia, like Tass is saying, eight for the Raptors. And Philadelphia was the team that was fast-breaking all night, which I thought was pretty surprising. Uh, It looked kind of like the first month of the season, Raptors, where the offense is okay, but the defense just couldn't get a stop. And now, after seeing the way Embiid stepped on Scotty Barnes' ankle and foot, you almost feel a little bit... Like, it's a blessing in disguise that it wasn't a worse injury. Uh, You know, just because it seemed like a lot of Embiid's weight came down on a very awkward angle uh, on Scotty Barnes' foot there. But it's going to be tough for the Raptors now. uh, But I also think they can be a lot better. Seemed to be a pretty vanilla game plan for Nick Nurse in Game 1. So he's going to have to get extra exotic starting in Game 2. they got to figure out a way to stop Maxi and Harris. Like, you can't let all of the role players go off in this series. You're already worried about Embiid. You're certainly worried about Harden as well. So to see 38 from Maxi, that was really the difference there, especially considering Harris played well um, uh, alongside him there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to, to counter what you were saying, Tass, some people saying, well, Embiid didn't do a, a lot. They did a good job on him. I don't think they did. Did he have a single turnover? I mean, he 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 played incredible. No and turnovers. The, the Raptors were not, you know, they weren't rushing him. He was ready for it. He was making uh, either the hockey assist or or the straight up assist, and that won't cut it. I mean, he, they have to like get under his skin and get him sped up, and and maybe he's ready for it. Uh, Appeared he was in game one, so I thought he was great. And then Harden, yeah, twenty two and fourteen too, uh, and those were like their second and third best players, maybe even third and fourth best players with the way Maxi and Harris scored. So Raptors have a. 
a hill to climb here, but it's nothing new when it comes to the Raps in game one. So we'll see if they bounce back uh, tonight despite the injuries. Um, Lee, anyone uh, else that disappointed you, players or teams-wise in the East? No, I mean, I think the other games went as planned. I mean, uh, Chicago actually did a fantastic job in that third quarter to get the lead. I was like, whoa, my God, what's going to happen if the Bulls pull off this upset here? But uh, in the end, the Bucs hang on and and get the victory as they should. Uh, And of course, the Miami Heat, yeah, they would have gone in heavy favorites there. But it was a very clinical performance as well. I mean, you know, Eric Spolstra knows and and his post-game presser was pretty interesting. He was just like, we know what Trey can do. And and they shut him down. And the Hawks, they're not going to play the excuse card of the travel and the you know, not getting any time to rest because you're in the playoffs and you just have to be ready. John Collins came back. Capella is likely out for at least another game here, possibly longer. So they missed him. But the the heat defensively, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, Skeets, like, oh my God, what a difference it is facing the Miami Heat versus the Charlotte Hornets or even the Cavs there for the Hawks because those traps on Trey Young were oh. just so solid and, and basically he couldn't get past them. He couldn't, I think he finished 1 for 12 and 0 for 7 from downtown. Now, fatigue, is there's no question there's some sort of a factor there, but that defense as well is the primary reason. It was just like, my God, where's he going to get his offense from? But the Hawks can probably put this one away and just go, okay, let's get better and, and hopefully they are better in game two because I thought in that first quarter, despite everything, they were close enough. They just had to play that for four quarters and they weren't able to. So... I don't think the series is over yet, but um, certainly uh, the Hawks need to be a much better in game two and figure out a way for Trey to get going. And uh, and if he can do that, because I think offensively they've got some good firepower there, Atlanta, they're going to give themselves a better chance. But you can't afford to fall down 20. And Duncan Robinson, he's had a pretty bad season by his standards. Eight for nine off the bench. Just Ooh. throwing the ball at the hoop, and uh, that was huge. 27 points for him. So very, very impressive first up by uh, the Heat. Uh, okay, next question here. Eastern Conference. Which series prediction do you want back? Trey, of your four East series predictions, which one you're like, oh, I might like a mulligan. I'd like to change that a little bit. What do you think? Well, I'm not sure if Bulls in six is going to come true anymore, Skeets. <laughs> oh. Took a major hit last night because the Bulls could not steal that game one. This was more competitive than people thought, especially after you know the first half of the first quarter. I think Giannis checked out after seven minutes, nine points and seven rebounds. And it looked like it was going to be over, but shout out to the Bulls. They stayed competitive last night and they did it with defense, to be quite honest. I said in the previews, their recipe for getting any sort of win uh, in this series against the Bucs is limiting three-pointers and then DeMar DeRozan out shooting the Bucs in the fourth quarter. Half of it came true yesterday. A very 90s game, low scores, 93 to 86, lots of post-ups. Lots of bricking jumpers. The Bucks shot 40% from the field, 26% from three, and they won because the Bulls shot 32%, 19% from three. The big stat you're hearing in Bulls circles is that the Bulls' big three shot 21 of 71 last night for 60 combined points. I hesitate to include Big Vucci. He had 24 <laughs> points on 9 of 27 shooting. But Skeets, I'm telling you, it was a good 9 of 27. Really good. He yeah. did doink a put back with oh. about 50 seconds oh, left. Yeah. yeah. Would have cut that, the lead to one. Was I that think, when yeah. Giannis was off as well? Because I know he took Giannis yeah. off. Yeah. Yes. He had five fouls. <laughs> yes. It was like, I guess he was just trying to buy a possession or two there, uh, Budenholzer and, and Vucci. <laughs> took like, him off for a minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> What a, I mean, that's the thing. He hits that. Uh, you know, 
the Bulls, let's say the Bulls pull it off, and it's like, wow, what were you doing, Budenholzer? But he, he gambled, and it turned out in the end safe. But man, how close. How close. Yeah, Vooch was the best of the big three for Chicago. DeRozan, though, 6 of 25. Levine, 6 of 19. Honestly, major Toronto vibes in that DeMar game. The jumpers were just rimming out. He was yeah. getting to his spots, pump faking. The foul calls were not the same as they were in the regular season, as we have seen. He needs to be the best player in the fourth quarter if the Bulls are going to win, and he just wasn't. Um, game was there for the taking, though. Giannis, Giannis was dominant when he played. 27 points, plus 19 the Bulls have no answer for him, obviously, but, you know, it was, it was ridiculous to me. There was that foul call. Giannis clearly over the back. I mean, that was Giannis' oh, sixth yeah. foul, no Patrick doubt about Williams? it. Patrick Williams, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was that's like the definition of an over-the-back yeah. call. Uh, but the foul call went against Patrick Williams, but Mike Budenholzer is just an honorable man. Took him out anyways. Yeah, it's Took respect. him out for a minute anyways with, with, uh, with the Bucks up by three points. Uh, but maybe the Bulls, uh, maybe that was the kryptonite there because then it became Brooke Lopez just being the biggest guy out there. And that was uh, the difference. You know, Vooch missed the putback. Levine just uncorked a 30-footer. Uh, I guess the Bulls needed a three, but he was not shooting the ball well last night. But that's the one you steal if you're the Bulls. Oh. Drew Holiday, six for 16. Middleton, four for 13. That's a dual bad Ferris wheel right there. So tough one to lose, no doubt. Yeah, it was there. Brooke Lopez was huge down the stretch. He had like the two. Now he may have missed a free throw, but the two and ones, like those like barrel and hook shots that he hits, uh, that he chucks up there, and they dropped. And he got the foul call, and then he had. I swear it was a wedgie he tipped in Tass. I don't know so if you close. saw this. It was like, of course, it wasn't called a wedgie. He played in stock, but the <laughs> ball looked like it got stuck. Uh, even Eagle, I believe, uh, sort of noted it out on the broadcast, and then yeah, Brooke just tipped it up before they could call the wedgie, and uh, it went in. He was. He was huge. But what do you think uh, of the Bulls blowing their chance to really make it an, like a really fascinating series if they steal game one, but just coming up short because it sure seemed to be theirs for the taking. Yeah, I was having flashbacks to last year, if you remember, uh, Miami-Milwaukee, that first game of round one yeah. that was the ugliest game in the history of mankind. If you remember Jimmy Butler, 4 of 22 in that game, it looked like the Bucks were just trying to give it away, and they somehow won in overtime. And that's, yeah, the most horrible sign for the Bulls is that they lose to the Bucks in this game because the Bucks just get better as series goes on. Last year, round one, they should have lost that game. And then round two against the Nets, they lost game one. Round three against the Hawks, they lost game one. And then the finals, they lost game one. So it's a very bad omen. Yeah. Very bad omen because, yeah, I think they're going to get better. I, I, I was, you know, watching this game thinking, Giannis isn't getting the superstar calls. That fourth foul where he you know, quote unquote, sealed Alex Caruso up by the elbow to call him for that, like, you know, 20 feet away from the bucket. A little surprising to me. Then they gave him a charge call in that fifth one. And maybe it was a makeup call, not giving him that sixth foul. But yeah, the Bulls in the driver's seat to win this thing with, and with Zach Levine on the bench for a good chunk of that fourth quarter, because he was in foul trouble. I thought it was easy DeMar time and uh, DeMar, yeah, one for six in the, in the fourth. Yeah. feels like good night. I read if you can't win that game, win. Uh, yeah. The Bucks are, yeah, they're slow starters in series. That's how they won the ship. Uh, so the, I think it's a, it's, it's a horrendous start for the Bulls. And yeah, the Vucci one, yeah, as he said after the game, it would have made it, yeah, one-point game there, 50 seconds left. He, he saw it going in before it, 
left his fingertips. It was one of those, you know, he already, he was already gone. Uh, he was already going the other way down the floor. So that, that hurt. That really, 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 really hurt. Did so you see his body language after he missed that bunny? He literally just stood there and was like, hello, darkness, my old friend. You can like hear it playing in his head. It's like, how did I blow that? Uh, Lee, any thoughts on that game or any other takeaways from the Eastern Conference 4 Series game ones? No, I mean, I, I'm glad the Bulls made it close. I, I hope they can extend the series. Uh, it'd be good to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all, really. I mean, Heat, Heat looked good. Celtics and Nets has lived up to it. I hope we do yep. get seven games. Even though I picked the Celtics in five, I'd love to see seven games of these two because it'd sure. uh, be awesome. Okay. It's, I, I, I hate the Hawks excuse, though. <laughs> okay, so it's just it's just a great narrative, you know, that you can play. So if the Heat came out slow in the first quarter, which they didn't, you can say, oh, they're rusty, mm-hmm. uh, which you could say about the Memphis Grizzlies that we'll get to. But, I mean, the fact is the Heat defense is just ridiculously good. They're just, they just – they know – they've got ESP on defense. They know where everyone is at all times. Like the coverage on Trey Young, the pick comes for them, and then they switch – but they trust their defenders because the switch is fine, but the guy doesn't leave. He's just, he's just there lurking. He's not doubling. Uh, he's just there trade dribbles. And his like his original defender kind of shows, gets back to his man. It's, it's like what happened with Durant and the Celtics. They just made him think now Dur- Durant and Trey are going to be back for game two, but I, th- I think the heat, you could easily just flip it if they start bad, but they freaking routed the, the Hawks uh, in the first quarter. So they just, why didn't they win the first quarter if they were fresher and they played 36 hours before? I mean, I, th- I think that's bogus. I think the Heat just, yeah, they ran him out the gym. Uh, playoff Lowry looks real. Everybody on that team uh, looks real. That's if they if the Hawks win a couple games, especially with John Collins coming in and out of the lineup and Clint Capella out, uh, that I think it would be an accomplishment right. if they if they take it to six. Uh, the Heat are showing that they're the best defense in the East right now. Uh, you know, even even above the Bucks or, or the Sixers or the Raps, they've they've got it together. And Lee, do you want to change your Raptors in five prediction? Uh, I forgot to ask you when we got to that question. Or are you uh, sticking with it? No, uh, it's still no, it's still alive. I don't like it. Is I, while the while it's still alive, I don't like the Mulligan. I just saw Scotty Barnes is officially out though tonight. No update on the other guys, so it's going to be tough. But also. You know, a few people trying to uh, message me saying, oh, you Raptors are going to devour the Sixers. They still could. They still could. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, now everybody else getting a taste of what it's like to argue with you. It's like, well, yeah, but it's uh, still, still in good. play. Like, we'll yeah, see what okay. happens tonight. Yeah. Okay. All right. We will see. Okay. Let's take our first break. And uh, when we come back, we'll get into the Western Conference game ones. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, before we get into the Western Conference playoffs here, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on our guy, Jared, running the Boston Marathon right now, okay? Gun went off around, I believe, well, he was probably a little bit after. He wasn't part of the elite running group, but, uh, you know, they start this thing around 10, so he goes after that. He's 5K in, okay? 21 minutes. He's off to a hot start lately. Expected time to finish right now. It's very, very early, of course, in the marathon, but uh, three hours and three minutes. So there you go. Love tracking. Really fun to track. See him on the map there, how he's doing. Oh, he's at a water station. So uh, good luck to Jared and everybody else uh, running the Boston Marathon today. Very, very jealous. Awesome. That's a late start. 10 a.m. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? It is for uh, for marathons. That's the thing they do there in Boston. It's a great point. I think a big part of it is they got to get a lot of people from Boston to, um, what is it, Uh, hop it, hop Hopkinton or whatever the heck the place is where you start because you don't you know it's not within the same city really you're running from mm. one spot to another but uh yeah he's uh 13 done his boston marathon <laughs> it's got a long way to go okay yeah yeah because usually i see marathoners and they're up at uh taking their mm. pre pre-marathon photos at like 3 45 oh, i'm yeah. ready to go oh, ready yeah. to bounce had my starbucks pile here we go uh, yeah. and then boom 10 o'clock wow good let's go jared yeah, te- I, he, see, he- I love the Boston 10 start because I hate those 7 o'clock marathon starts because, like, I'm a routine man at times, and I got to take a dump at, like, 5 in the morning suddenly. It's like, oh, my God. I don't want to try and force a dump out at 5 in the morning. It's not fun. No. no. All right, so Western Conference. <laughs> a little too much? Okay, someone was tuning out there listening to something else anyway. Okay, Western Conference playoffs. Game 1 MVP. Uh, Tass, where are you going? I'm going with the Warriors uh, co-MVPs. I'm I'm going this route because if you want to be a championship team, you need more than one MVP. I'm going to go with an offensive guy in Jordan Poole and a defensive guy in Draymond Green. Start with Jordan Poole because this guy is a story this season. A guy a lot of people call the ball hog uh, for his first couple years of his career. Here in year three, uh, he's become the team's starting point guard. Why is he an MVP? Well, he had 30 points on 13 shots. 13 shots, 30 points. But also, Steph Curry came back in this game, and he was allowed to come back off the bench because Poole has been that great. So you allow Steph to just come along slowly. They win this game, uh, clearly, with Steph Curry hitting his first basket a minute 14 left in the second quarter. Uh, so that's that's phenomenal stuff. Uh, and, and Poole was not a ball hog in this game. Clay and Curry shot more than him. You could uh, expect him to shoot more than that. You wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, be upset if he did, being the starting point guard. But uh, he is part of an offense that is just moving so well. I think this weekend we saw a lot of bigs dominate uh, in the NBA. But this this Warriors team is, you know, it's a true Steph team. Everybody moving. I, I thought the movement on this team... Uh, the off-ball screens, opening up their shooters. It just looked like the Warriors up to their old tricks. It, it makes everybody look like a superstar, makes them really, really tough to guard. So they blew the Nuggets out with Curry scoring 16 points, 33 assists on 43 field goals. So kudos to Jordan Poole. The guy has uh, come a long way. And uh, I don't know if Steve Kerr knows what his um, lineups are going to be as the 
as the playoffs progress, but uh, he's got some good, good options, especially with peak Draymond Green. He knows when the postseason gun goes. He's in the Boston Marathon ready to go because he's on the offensive side of the ball. He's sprinting into his screens, sprinting in, into those dribble handoffs. He just he looked like athletic as hell. He had nine assists in this one, setting guys up. Uh, yeah, he just looked like his old ways, on, even on the offensive end. I'll get to the defense in a sec, but, you know, Draymond Green misses some threes. Well, he missed one. Warriors get an offensive rebound bring it back to Dre, and he could easily shoot it. But he fired uh, to Steph on the three-point line who hit a three. Uh, and I mentioned those unassisted field goals, You know, not a lot of them for the Warriors. Draymond Green had one. He lined up Jokic and buried a three in his eye. That's how good he was feeling. He knows when the postseason starts, and he did a wonderful job on Nikola Jokic. Uh, they start Kevon Looney on Jokic, and they're guarding him one-on-one, and they don't wear Draymond Green down uh, to, you know, Put him on him for 48 minutes, but they bring him, you know, on him later in the game, and uh, it's it's going to be tough for Jokic. I, I think Jokic will, you know, he'll he'll battle through and have a better game too. Uh, but it's going to be tough going through those guys, and it, it helps obviously the Warriors stay home on everybody else. Jokic had 25 shots and only two free throws attempt attempted. That's kind of hard to do in the NBA. It happens like three times a postseason over the last decade, but usually by perimeter players. Yeah. I like that stat from Mike Forkinov because it just shows how well the Warriors were guarding uh, Jokic in general and uh, the Nuggets, you know, as a collective. So the Warriors looked great, you know, beside the Suns uh, in the Western Conference in a route that this, this was also, uh, you know, the other route in the Western Conference. And a lot of the season, it looked like the Suns and Warriors were the two best teams, and this weekend it sort of looked that, like that too. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what about you, Lee? Anybody else get a, a Game 1 MVP vote from you in the Western Conference playoffs? Well, also going with co-MVPs, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I thought they were really, really impressive. Edwards especially, 36 points in his first ever playoff game. But I think bigger picture from this, I'm probably going to go with Towns over him slightly because he really made Stephen Adams look redundant in that game. Uh, Stephen Adams... Big guy, big strong guy. Carl Anthony Towns spread him out a couple of times, took it inside as well and dominated him. And you just have to wonder exactly how uh, Taylor Jenkins is going to move going forward here because Stephen Adams has been a very important part of the Grizzlies' success this season defensively and then on the offensive rebounds as well, you know, keeping balls alive. But he did nothing in this game. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, hitting threes, taking it inside, had a huge dunk there as well. It was a close game. It was a fun game. This is going to be a fun series. I think this Mm -hmm. one could go the distance. But Carl Anthony Towns should be the best player, really in the series and uh, and I think he showed that in game one if they get that sort of production though out of Anthony Edwards as well in every game you know the the, the Wolves could easily win it I think they, they were very very impressive it was a close game still and you know there's the, you know you expect the Grizzlies to bounce back Jar Morant didn't have a great game he got to the free throw line a ton Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble there for him Desmond Bain who's been really important didn't have a, a great game as well so there's things that are going to change but I just think for the Minnesota Timberwolves, this you know they're coming in as the number seven seed against the number two seed that just hasn't been in a position like this before. So I think they're somewhat vulnerable. And if uh, Towns plays the way that he did going on, for, uh, you know, throughout this series, the Wolves going to have to feel pretty good. So that was great. I thought that was a really good uh, first game as well. We saw between those two teams. Uh, I'm excited for how this series goes. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what Taylor Jenkins does with Stephen Adams, like. Does he start? He, okay, he very likely starts him for game two. I would be shocked if he doesn't do that. But just like, does he pull him quickly if it's backfiring again? Because the matchup doesn't look great. And, 
you know, is it someone like Clark on him? Uh, do you feel a little bit better with Jaron Jackson Jr.? For sure you could, but he always gets into foul trouble. So there's that issue. Um, you know, maybe even, even the Kyle Anderson does Tillman get dusted off. We'll see, but I, I'm fascinated to see that. Um, what about you, Trey thoughts on those guys there, the, the four guys that these guys are throwing out for co MVPs in the Warriors win and the Wolves win or anybody else in the West? Yeah, I've actually got the the Grizzlies front court as my most disappointing performers of the entire <laughs> Western Conference weekend just because, you know, Steven Adams kind of looked unplayable. You're right, Skeets. He might get a bit of a start, a uh, bit of a ceremonial Keith Bogans, but Clark was obviously the better option for the Grizzlies yeah. in game one against Carl Anthony Towns because if Adams isn't able to punish the Timberwolves on the glass, there's basically no reason to have him out there. Towns was just pump faking and driving by him the entire night. So that'll be interesting to see. Jaron Jackson Jr., you would think, would be the choice uh, for Taylor Jenkins, but he just fouls a ton. Seven blocks is great, but he was also in foul trouble all night long and didn't make any three-pointers, which is something the Grizzlies are definitely going to need as Jaron Jackson Jr. hitting some threes. A couple more I would throw in for a potential Game 1 MVP. Chris Paul's got to be in the mix. 19 points in the fourth quarter last night against the Pelicans. Seven of eight from the field. I don't know if he scored and assisted on every point in the in the fourth quarter, but it definitely felt like it. Felt like a nice uh, nice to see Chris Paul back after you know a week of no Suns games. It looked like the Pelicans were going to be able to make a nice run, but you just knew going into the fourth quarter it was going to be Phoenix Suns time. And when it's Phoenix Suns time, it's kind of Chris Paul time. So I would throw him in the mix for Game One MVP, and Rudy Gobert I would also throw in the mix for a Game One MVP. 17 rebounds, just five points in the win against the Mavericks. He took one shot, but he was dominant defensively. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Just pass him the ball. Like, he's got to have more than one shot in an entire playoff game. Just throw an alley-oop up there so he can hit it against the rim or something. Because he was playing his ass off defensively. And he's the reason the Jazz won that game, a 99-93 victory. Uh, a weird game for sure, but um, one shot. Hassan Whiteside got more shots than Rudy Gobert did. Like, there's got to be a way to get this man some shots. The defense is going to be there, though. I thought Gobert was excellent in game one. Yeah, love all those picks that you guys are throwing out there. I guess if I had to just, like, zero in on one, maybe two, I would piggyback on the Chris Paul, which that game gets a little lost because it's the last game after eight games, really ten games if you're counting Friday night there on the weekend, the two playing games. But... Yeah, I have the stats for you, Trey. He scored or assisted on 23 of the Suns' 31 points in the fourth quarter. And there was a little moment there. It's a bit of a game. Pelicans are in this. And then CP3 scored 17 points in a five-minute stretch to just completely crush the Pelicans' comeback. The Suns were up seven. And we got a Chris Paul three, a Chris Paul assist, a Chris Paul three, a Chris Paul three, Chris Paul layup, Chris Paul jumper. Game over. And a lot of that was... The Pels deciding to like go under the pick and roll, uh, and then it was Chris Paul with a lot of room and Larry Nance on him, and it was like uh, we're gonna make you pay. So he was awesome. And then back to the Wolves, Anthony Edwards uh, was a monster. Thirty six points, played forty minutes. In two games now in the postseason, he appears to be a superstar. So that's a game changer for the Wolves moving forward here. If he is going to play like an All NBA type guard, then holy crap, they could go uh, and pull off this upset. We'll see if it continues. But I thought Anthony Edwards' defense task was like some of the best I've ever seen him play. Like engaged, blowing up pick and rolls, deflections, ripped it from Adams at one point under the rim. I think the box score says he finished with one steal and two blocks. 
But the 36 points, we know he can do that. I want to see him do that defensively with his athleticism and obviously his youth. And he did that, I thought. I thought he did. I thought there was glimpses of it in the play-in, and then I really brought it in game one. I'm not sure if you saw the same. Oh, for sure. And, and that's what Wolves fans have been saying all season. They see a guy who looks like a linebacker out there when you when you approach him as a, an offensive player. If he wants to get after it, he can, and he does at times. And yeah, he, he definitely showed in the play and at 6'6". Uh, I think he's more important than Patrick Beverly at times on, on John Morant because um, Morant's going to blow by everybody on the perimeter, but Anthony Edwards can, can body. Yeah. Uh, Ja Morant and so there's there's not much you can do with Ja uh, but um, yeah this is this is how they win if if uh, Anthony Edwards plays like he can right now he's he's playing like he's the best player in this series so it'd be tough to say uh, that the Wolves um, aren't going to upset if this guy plays like that then yeah this is the Wolves with the composure down the stretch there uh, they look Boston Celtics like uh, coming down the stretch uh, with with taking their time and making sure it got into the right hands. So the Wolves were super, super impressive this weekend. Uh, Lee, just to go back to disappointing performances, Trey talked about Adams and, and really the Grizzlies sort of front line not showing up for game one there against the Wolves. Is there anyone else that would uh, get a vote from you for that? Uh, well, I mean, I think the other games kind of went to plan. Uh, you know, I think if you look at like the Mavericks and the Jazz series, you know, the Jazz should win game one. They should win game two tonight as well. Luka Doncic will not play in that game as well. So, you know, the Jazz have to really cash in on this incredible advantage they have. Doncic, you know, possibly we don't see him at all. Who knows exactly what's going on with that calf. But the Jazz really have to make the most of it. But they, you know, made it a little tough for themselves there. Maxi Kleber hits a three late. And uh, maybe it's a different end of this ball game, but instead the Jazz survive. So uh, disappointing. I mean, Utah did what they were supposed to do, but I would like to have liked it to have been perhaps just a little more comfortable for them. Tass, anyone else, be it team or individual performance that disappointed you from the West? Yeah, I, I think the Mavs were a little bulls-like. That was the game to steal. They should have won that game. I think Jalen Brunson was disappointing. He missed so many bunnies. He was 9 of 24 without Luka. They're so reliant on him and Dinwiddie to some degree, but Brunson's got to be their number one guy, and he was thrusted into that role. I think you know they they put him into a lot of the same action as what Luca gets played, and he just uh, he just missed <laughs> he missed shots that he could easily make. They also missed a bunch of free throws, and uh, you know Dinwiddie said you know we lost by five. I missed six free throws or whatever it was. Yeah. He uh, he struggled, and and the Mavs bench. Uh, couldn't support at all. They made only three field goals. Josh Green, the Aussie, 0 for 4 from 3, and they just looked off. He hits one or two of those. Uh, this could be a very, very different game. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, a, a very odd, you know, ugly start, I think, to the weekend for the Mavs uh, just because um, they should have won that. They should have stolen that, and uh, Jalen Brunson and Spencer did what I'm sure are kicking themselves. But I don't know. It's weird because the Jazz didn't play a great game beside Gobert, beside Boyan, uh, you, they they won a game where Donovan Mitchell shot 10 of 29. So they got to feel good too, but uh, the Mavs can play so much better as well. All right, let's get to the fun one here. Which Western uh, Conference playoff series would you like the mulligan on? Would you like to walk back maybe a little bit? I'll get it started. I'm going to go. I had Warriors over Nuggets in six, and I, I don't think it's going to go that long, unfortunately, because of all the things that Tass talked about with how great they look, Jordan Poole looking like Steph Curry, for crying out loud, in the dominant victory. Um, the Nuggets playing solid for 18 minutes of this game and then just sort of getting 
uh, killed as it went on. Aaron Gordon, you could put, you could probably put him on the list of like disappointing individual performances. Uh, he missed uh, all three of his threes, finished three of ten. You know, was put, he was he was probably trying to do a little too much, and it was the shot was not dropping early. And I just don't think like Jokic. He took twenty five shots. He doesn't really want to, but he's being forced to because he's not going to get a whole lot of other help. And they're just staying at home. One defender on him, be it Looney, be it Green, Bielitsa did play on him, you know, whatever. Wiggins on a switch. They're like, fine, shoot it. Like, post us up, cut in there, do your little dink and dumps, and we're not going to send help. And we don't care if you finish with uh, 30 to 40 points. We'll, we'll take our chances on that. So I would... I would tweak my prediction on that. I don't I don't like Warriors in six. I don't think the way they looked in game one that it's going to go that long. So I guess I'm I'm leaning at a, a Warriors in five, or you can maybe convince me of a sweep after just one game. Um, what about you, though, Trey? Any mulligans you want? Uh, I think that the Jazz could sweep the Mavericks. I thought Dinwiddie and Brunson were honestly pretty brutal, and that's kind of the only solution that the Mavericks have until Doncic comes back. So the longer he's out... I would be taking the Jazz in pretty much every game until, you know, we see a Mavericks hit 23-pointers game. Seems to be the only way that they're beating the Jazz at this point. And I would say a Timberwolves upset over the Grizzlies doesn't seem super unlikely after watching the way that went down. Surely the Grizzlies will be better at defense as this series goes on, but for the Timberwolves to score 130 against one of the top five defenses in the league, and now we know that, like, Steven Adams is not going to be able to play as much in this series as he would in some of these other series. He's a huge part of the defense for the Grizzlies. Whereas on offense, they kind of got John Morant going to the rim and then who knows what else is going to happen. It feels like there's one guy who could possibly score for Memphis and three who could give it to you uh, for the Timberwolves. So I think I would still probably lean Grizzlies, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Wolves are able to pull this off. All right. I won't even ask Lee because he's not walking back anything. It's only one game. But what about you, Tass? Maybe one of your series predictions that have you going, mm, I'd like to change that after one game. Well, I picked the two players that are probably going to get the most MVP votes in Embiid and Jokic to be bounced uh, pretty quickly. And I kind of like, even though it's against my Raptors, that one of them is going to stay alive. It sure looks like right now, like the Sixers are in the driver's seat uh, in that series because I just didn't want the MVP chatter on Twitter to go like, oh, these two guys, MVPs, blah, blah, blah. They're not MVPs. They just got bounced in the first round. So uh, for the sake of Twitter, I kind of like the fact that at least one of these guys, I felt weird uh, saying both would be bounced. Right, and right. Uh, it feels a lot better that one is is, is going to stick Hold around. Hold on, because, what, yeah, what, Jokic, would it be worse? Because Jokic is very likely going to win MVP, and then Embiid will advance, and then people are going to see? See? I guess. I mean, that's my way. I guess, yeah, depending. Well, listen, I, I don't know. if uh, Is it certain Jokic is going to win? I guess, I so. but we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, he's, yeah, he's got a really tough, tough road here with uh, uh, the way – Everybody's staying home on the other four guys. It's just they're not doubling them. The Warriors are just they're too solid defensively. Again, the number one defense that gets overlooked uh, with Draymond Green and going the way he's going right now. He played a couple back to backs at the end of the season to get him warm, and he just looks like a different player out there. So it's that's tough sledding for Jokic. Although I expect him to, you know, bash some faces going to the rim, and he'll score some points uh, in game two. But yeah, the 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 Wolves Grizzlies as well. I picked the Grizzlies in six. Uh, they got to get some freaking turnovers because they just don't score in the half court. <laughs> they, going back to the regular season, they're the 22nd offense, the 22nd best offense in just the half court alone. 
they got there by fast breaks and offensive boards. And Steven Adams is a big part of that. And so that's a tough decision to take him out of there uh, in terms of the offensive rebounds. But the turnovers, uh, they got to do better. They just have to steal more balls. The Wolves turned it only turned it over three times in the second half. Uh, they got off to that great start. They had 25 points in the first six minutes of the first quarter. So there's a lot to clean up for the Grizzlies. They do one of those things, then they feel a lot better if they just you know slow down the Wolves, uh, at least at the beginning, and turn them over a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we got a great series there. All right, final question here, Lee. Uh, anything else you wanted to address? Any other takeaways from the uh, four Western Conference game ones on the weekend? Well, I guess I'm, I'm sort of repeating myself a bit, but it is it's just it's a blow if Doncic can't play at all uh, because they've had a very good second half of the season here I like them in the matchup I think we all did and if we don't get him I mean he's been a huge playoff performer in his only two seasons he's only been in two series both against the Clippers that were great he had game winners in his first series and it was uh, 30 average 37 points a game last season and it's just a blow if he can't be there so it, it, uh, hold on it is a blow but why are we so down on them I mean it was a six-point game you said yeah, Cleaver hits a three I, they maybe I, steal it it's not like they got absolutely embarrassed I think Dinwiddie and Brunson have to play much better like Trey said they got to hit floaters because the floater is going to be there yeah. and they need to hit threes that's part of the recipe but it's not like I don't know they just didn't get clowned I didn't think no, the they Jazz did, they were didn't like get world clowned. beaters by any means yeah. they didn't get clowned and that's again I think the Jazz have to basically clown them I think they're a much oh. better team at, at full strength there and uh, you know like I say Gobert with one shot dominated this game if they can get him some looks inside and, and sort of expose the the uh, playing small ball of the Mavericks because playing small works when Doncic is out there, but it shouldn't be as effective when he's not there because Doncic is just such a good player. So mm-hmm. it, it just sucks that he can't play. I mean, um, that's that's the real thing there. And, and and the Warriors Nuggets, I think I picked the Warriors in six. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably not going to go that long, but uh, we'll, we'll just sort of see how, how they respond here and how, how they react, what Mike Malone can do to try to steal one there in the uh, bay because they desperately need one if they've got any chance in this series. Otherwise, yeah, I think Jokic is out in the first round, which will be uh, also shitty if he wins the MVP. Trey, which uh, he will. I think he will. My yeah, pick is Giannis, oh, but yeah. I think Jokic is going to win it. So. Okay. Um, Tass, any, any other thoughts on the West? Well, I'm not good at uh, reading subtweets, so tell me if this is a subtweet. I'm not 100% certain, but tell me if John Morant tweeting took losses because I wanted to see other MFers win. Is that him saying, Hold on. Uh, First off, I passed the ball at time? Are they lyrics? Do we know if they're lyrics? Well, I don't know. The sec- <laughs> the, he added a thread tweet, oh. which says, charge it to the game. Okay. So I don't think they're lyrics. Okay. Uh, seems like he's saying something. He also commented on Chris Paul. He also put over. up a, like a Michael Jordan from the last dance talking about the Hornets talking trash when they were up in the series clip. So oh, okay, okay. This, so is, just, this is must watch. Uh, he's just, he's yeah. just firing I, himself up here. Yeah. Okay. I lo- yeah. They, if you remember, they won game one last year against the Jazz and then the Jazz right, came right, back right. with the douchebag sweep four straight. So they... They have to benefit from that experience somewhat. They know in their that locker room, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of questions with the uh, their, their front court with Adams. And the other part, again, I hate to bring it up, but the huge difference maker is, is this Anthony Edwards in playoffs? Like, this is, if I mean, it's only two games. I mean, the postseason here, the play-in and then now. But the guy looks like the best player on the floor with a bunch of other talent he has in these two games. So, I mean, if he continues, I don't know. Can he keep it up for an entire series? Uh, That's a lot to ask from a 20-year-old, but maybe he is. 
Maybe he's, he's one completely of these guys unfazed by the moment. I know. That's the thing to me is like, uh, this could be game seven of the NBA finals and he's going to be having jokes afterwards. I'm with you, so, man. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's a, a game changer to me in terms of like a series, uh, you know, difference maker. Of course, this guy's like a 30 point guy and doesn't look phased, not rushing things either. And, you know, we talked about that Lee was like, mm-hmm. this guy had it going and he was like, he wasn't trying to jack up shots and stuff like no. that. He was still getting and it all in the rhythm, and he was playing defense, like I said. And he's got his post-game fits on fire, too, with the uh, tie-dye there, looking uh, looking like a Trey Kirby there. With, and then the massive, like, uh, initial in the in the gold necklace chain thing he's got there. So mm-hmm. he's ready, man. He's been waiting for this mo- uh, moment in the playoffs, and he's delivering everywhere. Okay. Well, let's hear from everybody in the stream. Well, hold on. I will say yeah. the absolute worst moment of the entire playoffs came in Timberwolves-Grizzlies when everybody's sound messed up, oh, and yeah. we got the... the <laughs> Wow. It just sounded like somebody was sitting on a remote and pressing pause or something for the entire time. <laughs> that was bad. You know what it's like? That I've, was ha- I've had this happen that to was me. crazy, man. In the uh, Chevy tracks, something's gone wrong <laughs> once before with my, uh, my uh, iPhone plugged in. We were on a road trip once, Nora and I, and it suddenly started doing it, but we couldn't turn it off. <laughs> and I'm like immediately like I think I gotta pull over and we gotta like reboot the car or something like that. So it happened yeah. once before and uh, that that was no that may have been the Chevy Cruze actually. Excuse me. <laughs> I immediately blamed my kids on that. Oh, it's like wow. who's got the remote? Where yeah. you're sitting on the remote? Like get up, get up! <laughs> and everybody's standing up and they're like, "What are you talking about, man?" Yeah. And then I mean, changed the channel and realized, okay, it's it's. Yeah, I was I confused too, JD. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. "What's gone wrong? What but, is this?" I mean, I will say it still may have sounded better than the guys trying to call the game from LA, uh, doing the play-by-play, <laughs> Greeny, Stephen A, and Jalen. I think I would have preferred the weird uh, skipping <laughs> static noise to that. Oh, it was mute mode for me, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's hear from the stream team. All of those questions, East and West, your MVPs, your biggest disappointments, series mulligans you'd like to take already, and uh, any other takeaways that you have. We're going to take one more break. When we back, come back, we'll get uh, to Tweet of the Night. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport. No flight delays. No fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my god, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. 
but this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. You know who's probably wearing their sacks right now, J.D.? Jared Dent in the Boston yes. Marathon. He just hit the 10K mark. Uh, ballpark about 42, 43 minutes in. Looks like he's easing into a nice seven-minute pace. Yeah, so Balls parked firmly in oh, his yeah. shorts because yes. of those sacks. Exactly, exactly. He's not, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not going to be because of his underwear that he's going to come up short if he does. And he's not. But if he does, if Heartbreak Hill gets him, it won't be because the boys are jangling around down there. Those are intact. It'll be because of his water intake or something like that. Uh, okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right, Tweet of the Night. I've got two of them for you guys. Okay, what's going on here? Why am I muted? What the? Uh, You're back. I got two Tweets of the Night for you. Okay. I'm not sure if you heard that the first time. Uh, <laughs> at Terranova Noah has the first one. Love this. This is the worst graphic I've ever seen. Was Agreed. the tweet. And there's a great photo. Check us out on YouTube. It is Patrick Beverly checking the Saks underwear on Crunch. And uh, the quote is, I guess from Patrick Beverly, people don't like to be touched. And I like touching a lot of people. And just this graphic is, I mean, clutch points, they always come through in the graphics. But this one's... Uh, this one's for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> this one's so lead. <laughs> so, yes, that's uh, as simple as that. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to a great graphic there from Clutch Sports. What's the Timberwolves uh, mascot's name? Crunch, I thought. Oh, Crunch. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, hopefully his balls are parked in the pouch. Yeah, I think so. I think that's all he's checking. Uh, yeah. So I love that. But this one, uh, we can actually talk about a little bit. Uh, we'll give credit to Mark J. Spears, but everybody was sharing it. The NBA Award finalists. Here they are. So the NBA likes to do this thing where they give us the top three finishers in each category. MVP, it's Giannis Embiid, Jokic. Rookie, Barnes, Cade, and Mobley. Sixth man, Hero, Cam Johnson, Kevin Love. Defensive Player of the Year, Bridges, who was awesome last night on McCollum. Gobert, we talked about. Smart, he was great. Most Improved, Garland, John Morant, DeJounte Murray, and then Coach of the Year, Taylor Jenkins, Spolstra, and Monty Williams. I guess the winners of each award are going to be announced during TNT's coverage of the playoffs. So these, uh, Lily are going to, like, 
maybe, I don't know, come every couple of days. We'll actually get the uh, winners announced. But any surprises, Lee, from, from the list of finalists? Any Anywhere you're like, whoa, where's so-and-so? Or are you shocked or not? Pretty, pretty uh, expected. I believe, I believe Monty's already been announced, actually, as coach of the year. I, I think I saw that uh, floating well, from, around. No, that's that from was, the coaches. That was from the coaches. Oh, was, okay, okay. He's probably going to win this one as well. Um, no, look, it's tough when you when you cut it off at three. I like that, though, as well. So it's like it's down to these three guys. But for me, defensive player of the year, uh, Jaron Jackson, I thought should have been in. Now, I've no, no qualms with those other guys who are in. They're all great yeah. defenders. Rudy's won it a, uh, several times here. Bridges has been great, and Smart's also been great. So it was a tough field. But uh, personally, I just think Jackson has been deserving of this award as well. So it's tough for him to miss out. But uh, there was also Shumes was uh, getting into it a little bit with a few people yesterday on the most improved and whether or not you saw that. Uh, have to sort of qualify whether or not the expectations of being a good draft pick means you shouldn't be able to win most improved. It was him and Michael Lee going in uh, back and forth a little bit there. So that was quite interesting. But I think Jar Morant is going to ultimately win it because he has improved so much. So, uh, yeah, fun. It's always good, though. You know, everyone's going to get upset no matter who they saw out there. But uh, ultimately, I think they got pretty much everyone deserving of an award. Yeah, Tass, any thoughts on these uh, finalists here? Well, I love the fact that John Morant keeps going to bat for his boy, Jaron Jackson Jr. He got on the Twitters and said, Jaron Jackson Jr. led the league in blocks, blocks per game in blocks and steals, and not on the list for Depoy. What's up with that? Desmond Bain should replace me on the MIP list. Mm. But congrats, coach. You deserve that award for Taylor Jenkins. So I, I love love Ja chipping in there. And I love the way TNT reveals these awards You know, over the next couple months. If you remember, they'll say, oh, hey, uh, Scotty Barnes, sit down for an interview. You, you just gotta have, you're having a one-on-one here with uh, ESPN, and then all of a sudden his teammates show up with the Rookie of the Year trophy. You know, there's some reveals like that, so it's always a, a good time, or somebody that's really close to the player, yeah. so that's fun. The NBA award show, it was, a, it was a test run, but see you later. We don't need it. These reveals are far, 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 far <laughs> better, are. so I'm looking forward to At least to we got to go to one of the NBA award shows. That's Be the, on stage. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I forgot we were on stage. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, Trey, any thoughts on these? Or what, what do you think? Any snubs? Crazy snubs? Nah, these guys hit it on the snubs. Uh, Jared Jackson Jr. not making defensive player of the year was a surprise to me, but I guess maybe... Uh, Maybe the saying will be that he has too much of an old school case where you're just counting up the blocks and the steals and that doesn't matter unless you're Marcus Camby and it's 2010 all over again. (laughs) And then, yeah, Jordan Poole, I would have liked to see him on most improved as well. But when I saw the finalists, I was like, oh, I guess John Morant being the favorite means he's actually won this thing. So so. seeing him there, I think he's going to win most improved. But Tass is right. I like this era of reveals better where instead of an award show, it's kind of like a prank show. (laughs) <laughs> you never think you're getting an award. <laughs> oh, gotcha. You got a six man of the year from Joe Ingles. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't know again prank. when they're going to announce these. Like, uh, is it every every day TNT has their games and, the, and their big, like, uh, you know, pregame show and stuff like that? Maybe. I don't know. I think they just pick and choose when the moment's right, when they can pull the prank off, like Taz said, uh, when it lines up. So we will see. Uh, I don't even care all that much anymore about uh, getting angry about most improved. I don't think it should go to players like John Moran. I'm sort of, I guess I side with Michael Lee because... Well, then, like, where's the case for Giannis if we're doing this? Giannis approved a hell of a lot. Guy, like, hits free throws at an incredible rate now. Guy hits jumpers. Guy, like, does all this. Like, it, there are awards for these guys. They're called MVPs and all NBA selections. So it's weird that 
a guy like Jordan Poole isn't there to me uh, as well. But yeah, I guess John Morant probably is winning it if he was the favorite on BetMGM by a landslide, wasn't he, for months? For a while. But that was right before then he went out for like 20 games. So I don't know how that cut falls into the equation. So maybe Garland or Murray steals it. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Fun show, guys. I know we tried to uh, to get to every series. I think we did a decent job. Again, go back, watch some weekend shifts on YouTube where we do some uh, immediate deep dives on some of those games if you didn't get enough of it here. Uh, just quickly before we wrap up, Tass, game two predictions or, or what do you see happening tonight? We got Raptors Sixers game two, of course, Jazz Mavericks and Nuggets Warriors. So fascinating that these are the three series that could like very easily tonight be 2-0 and all of us going, oh, are these a wrap? You know what I mean? Just the, the way the, the schedule's breaking here. Yeah, I definitely believe in the Warriors over the Nuggets, but I think Jokic will break some teeth tonight. I think he's <laughs> using that shoulder uh, to bash a loony face or a Draymond Green face. Uh, he is going to uh, – he's, no, he's got no choice. He really has to go through, guys. He only garnered two free throws in the first game, so I think that's going to happen. And – I'm not fading on my Raptors quite yet. I think the Raptors bounce back, even, even if they've got a couple big injuries. That's how good that, 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 they, they really, really prospered when guys were out towards the end of the season because they just rallied defensively. They scrambled like crazy. And so that's got to be instilled in them tonight, despite not having uh, Scotty Barnes, who is out tonight. I think they will just, they'll rally. They'll rally around that. And yeah, they just, they just got to move on the defensive end and get after everybody. So bounce back. They're splitting. They're splitting in Philadelphia. I don't care. And Lee's prediction of 4 1 Raptors oh, wow. is still It'll a possibility. It's still alive right now. <laughs> That's all uh, I needed, Tess. He's just one person to support it. And that just keeps giving me the belief that maybe it could still happen. So, Lee, what of these three <laughs> games tonight, which one is most likely to be tied 1 1? Uh, you know, when we talk here in the yard tomorrow morning, which, which of these three series? Uh, I mean, it probably is the Raptors Sixers, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I think the Warriors go 2-0 up, and I think the Jazz also do that. Uh, again, as I mentioned, Doncic not playing, so the Jazz should really take full advantage of that. And, and Nick Nurse, he is a bit of a mad scientist. He's a bit of a Don Nelson where he does do some crazy things and you know gets funky with the lineup, janky with the defense maybe as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, does Tyrese Maxey go for 38 again? But even if he doesn't, Joel Embiid's probably going to do more. I think he finished with 19 there in game one. He's probably going to uh, certainly shoot more anyway than he did in uh, in game one. I think he took the fourth most shots out of the Philadelphia team, which is an incredible success for Doc Rivers to win so comfortably. There. Tobias Harris stepped up. He was great. Uh, you know, so, you know, maybe the Raptors can uh, do something crazy and, and hopefully get back to Toronto with a, uh, a split. We'll see. What about you, Trey? Same question. Which one of these most likely to see uh, 1-1 after tonight? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling super confident for the Raptors, which is probably a good sign for them. Uh, you know, as soon as you count them out, they'll be looking better. As soon as more and more players get injured, the better they get. But, uh, bringing in Malachi Flynn, I don't know if that is going to be the answer, but also, you know, maybe Tyrese Maxey just had a super heater. You know, he probably won't go for 38. You probably won't get, uh, another great performance from Tobias Harris as well. So if you're able to kind of negate the role players, then the Raptors will have a chance. Uh, the Mavericks, I guess they have a chance. They just got to shoot three-pointers well. So look out for a big Bertons game. That would be helpful. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey Burke because anytime that um, Dinwiddie and Brunson were sitting, it was like, 
no chance on offense yeah. for the Mavericks. Like Josh Green is maybe their initiator in those scenarios, and they just did not have any interest in even guarding him. And I thought Mitchell took him 20 shots, but he did score 30 points in the second half of that game, which was a little bit of the difference as well. And like Tass mentioned, Bogdanovich, nice too. It'll be interesting to see what Jokic does uh, as well in the late game because the Warriors kept him moving a lot. They had uh, a lot of five-out possessions, obviously, and that kept Jokic on the perimeter, which kept him away from the rim, which kept him away from being able to get his hands in passing lanes and that kind of stuff, and he definitely slowed down, I thought, over the course of that game. He's carried a massive load for the entirety of the season. Now he's got to do even more in the playoffs while also giving more on the defensive end as well. So a really tough matchup for him. Needs some help from somebody besides Will Barton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of those Will Barton points came in sort of garbage time too. Yeah. But you're right. Um, I love uh, I love the move from Draymond Green with the press though. He was saying like he's talking up Jokic. He's like, he'll probably go for like 40, 15, and 15 tonight. Like uh, I love the 40 part because I'm convinced yep. that's their game plan. Like he'll probably totally. score 100 points tonight. But, hey, you know, we'll live with it. We'll live with it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Let's hear from the stream team your predictions for the games tonight. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Dollar a month for up to six months. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube so you can get some of those weekend shifts. Maybe there will be weekday shifts, extra shifts, whatever you want to call them throughout the week here. you got to subscribe and hit that little bell button so you know when we're going live. Fun show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us live. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, not all trophies come with hardware. Brace the day, people. You could stay, ooh, every day. And I'd be happy every minute. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.